This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday edition. I'm Nick Johnson. It feels good to say that for the first time in three weeks. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. It has been. Let's celebrate. I want you to hear this. Did you hear that? I heard uh, a click of some sort. That was me opening a can. A, be- can of a, LaCro- a LaCroix. LaCroix. <laughs> I don't have any alcohol at my house. No four locos or anything like that. I don't. I just don't have any. So, but it's still. I'm going to celebrate with this nice. bubbly, delicious treat. Beautiful. We can pretend. Yeah, we can pretend. Through, um, through the magic of radio, although it's not radio. It is the second day of waterfowl season, 2023-2024. Have you heard any reports? I haven't, uh, I haven't actually been online much today, so I don't know if there was any success or not. Um, I saw at least three groups that had amazing success yesterday on day one. I have seen zero groups, and I'm sure they're out there, um, but just within, um, you know, my... Uh, my knowledge base and my social media algorithm. I haven't seen anybody do anything good today, uh, but opening day looked like a, a few groups out there hit the lottery. I've seen uh, one three-man three, three man, uh, crew shoot their limit with two bands, so that'd be 45 Uh-oh. birds and two bands. That's nice. the Nate the brothers out there, um, Christian and Ethan Nate. Mm, Joey Vasallo's group shot 16 bands. Jesus, they just wiped out a family, huh? Uh, probably multiple families. Wow. And you know what? That um, that is really that is really cool. And they were probably banded this summer and nearby, but it it's still fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I like. It's more of like that has to be what happened. Because can you imagine if that wasn't the case? Like if each one of those oh, was just yeah. a separately banded, different location, like. Pack it in. You're never doing better than that ever again. <laughs> right. And and it's still, even though it's nearby the banding location and um, they were banded this year, that's still rare to happen. Because if you think about it, there's thousands of banding locations across the United States every year. And there's thousands of those families of geese are feeding in thousands of fields that are available to be hunted. And it's just it just is rare. Like, 
typically by the time season comes around, birds have dispersed a little bit from their banding location because banding happens usually in like mid to late June. So like birds have kind of like moved on from that June habitat um, or they or people go out there and uh, they just don't do the hunt right. You know, out of all these hunts that are happening, there's going to be some guys that screw up the hide or the weather doesn't work out. So, I mean, as many times as if people want to say like, well, they're right next to the banding location. Yeah, but so are lots of people and it doesn't happen. (laughs) It doesn't happen. So they got very, very lucky and it's a very cool thing that happened. Yeah. Hell yeah. I would never turn down 16 band day. Are you kidding me? Of course not. Out of all the times, out of all the times I've heard like, dude, we got a field and it's got, it's loaded with bands. Yes. The next day, how'd it go? There's something that went wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, well, I don't know. They switch fields. Or then you hear like, ah, he just didn't like the A-frame or, you know, just something. They shorted us. They they shorted us. Yeah. Well, what did, what did you guys shoot? Well, we shot 14. Oh, well, that's a good day, but you weren't looking for bands? No, we, we decided not to. Oh, that doesn't make any sense at all, though, apparently. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like, right. The story doesn't, the story's not, you hear stuff like that. You just hear yeah, stuff like right. that all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, people are at least finding some birds to shoot and some cut fields. And I'm sure there's an absolute pile of people that are uh, questioning their sanity and are totally miserable <laughs> and are not shooting shit. So, and are if drunk you are by 11 a.m. Yeah, if you are one of those groups of people, I've been there in North Dakota and um the thing about it is it's such a lottery. It's a it's a very low uh, like a low odds of winning lottery, but you can't win the lottery without, you know, buying a ticket. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of lotteries, I did buy my ticket. Well, I applied for my ticket, the um, Swan Tag for North Dakota. Don't you? It's it. Is that a? Is that a a, um, a drawing that has a low success rate? I thought that had a hundred percent. No, it has rate. a very high success rate. In fact, if for some reason you don't actually get drawn, you can just get the surplus over the counter the day they're available. So, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So you're gonna try to get you a tundra swan, eh? Yeah, maybe I'll get my first one. <laughs> I've shot the other kind. So you've not shot a trumpeter. Yeah, we've had this conversation, Nick. Okay, we've told the we? story of me breaking the law before. Yeah, you're probably right. Let's tell it again, just in case <laughs> a DNR officer didn't hear that episode and is now listening to this one. So let's just uh, for those. Let's just yes. give a date and it. Let's give a date in a jurisdiction that you did this in. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, I'm not sharing hunting location. Um, not that it really. Just a jurisdiction, you know. This was, I mean, I don't even remember how many days or how many years ago it was. Quite a few years ago. Um, but it was one of those things like I had a swan tag. We were in like western North Dakota, way beyond like historical or like recorded uh, trumpeter swan territory. Like if you were to look at a map, you're like, oh yeah, we're 100 miles past that. Easy. Um, so it wasn't even really in our scope of a thing to even look for. And so we're out there. We're actually picking up some birds after a volley we shot. And all of a sudden someone yells, swans. We look, here comes this pair of swans. It was me and one other guy that had tags. And turn around, he drops his. I shoot, rock it. It doesn't fall. I shoot it again. Still doesn't fall. I'm like, my God. So And it's flying like straight at me. So I just wait until it's like 15 yards away shoot him in the face and it falls and sure enough i'm super stoked it's my first ever swan and then i go to pick it up and i was like oh shit <laughs> like this is not good so then we're like what is what what do we do so we self-reported we called uh the local co we got a hold of him and it was a funny conversation because he's like you know he's like well what can i do for you? he's like well here we are we're at, told him where we're at the whole thing we have swan tags we shot these swans and a power recovery found out they weren't tundras they were trumpeters and he's like we don't have any trumpeters out here well sir <laughs> you have two less than you had this morning <laughs> 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 i don't know what your total population was as of yesterday but as of this conversation it's two less and he's like you That's have fine. swan tags i'm like yes he's like just tag them we're like okay and so we're like, can we get your name and badge number and, you know, 
case we get stopped on our way back to Minnesota or whatever. He's like, absolutely. So then it was like a year later when I did the uh, podcast I had Steve Court on, and we talked about it, and then they basically now have decriminalized the incidental take of Trumpeter Swan. But he goes where? Uh, in Minnesota, I'm pretty sure. Or any? Huh. No, not Minnesota. Anywhere that has a swan season. Or okay. At least, or at least in North and South Dakota. I'm not sure about Utah or in other states, but I know in the Dakotas that they've decriminalized it because it's you know it happens enough. But he goes, even though they did that, he says he doesn't know of anybody that actually was like persecuted for doing it or prosecuted, mm-hmm. I should say, because um, it's like. Yeah, I mean, it can just, it can happen. You know, the only way to tell the difference is a, a tundra is smaller, has a higher pitch call, and that tiny little yellow dot where the, the bill meets the eyeball. And that's like, that's it, you know? Yeah, so Utah became the hotspot of shooting trumpeter swans because it was de facto legal there. Like, not de facto legal, but like they had a, um, you could keep the swan. It was considered an oopsies, but if they reached a certain amount of oopsies per season, they would shut down the trumpeter season. Oh, I'm okay. sorry, the, the tundra season. I said that wrong. Yeah. And then this year it uh, came up a bunch in my uh, Google alert that that had, was changing. And here is a story on it. The Utah Division of Wildlife Resources is recommending a few changes to upland hunting and waterfall hunting, including making it illegal to harvest trumpeter swans, hmm. as well as changes to a few other items. They're seeking public feedback on proposals to upcoming meetings, blah, blah, blah. Tw- um, in 2019, swan hunting regulations changed to expand hunting boundaries in box elder and to increase the total number of swan permits offered in Utah. Since that change, the DWR has had to close the swan hunting season early for the last four years due to the federal quota of trumpeter swans being met. Utah is one of only nine states that allows U.S. for hunting for swans due to the low population size of trumpeter swans in the greater Yellowstone area. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service sets an annual harvest quota, currently 20. So every year, 20 trumpeters are getting smoked out there Hmm. for the number of trumpeter swans that can be harvested in an effort to prevent the swan hunting season from having to close early. The DWR is proposing to prohibit the harvest of trumpeter swans in Utah. Only tundra swan hunting permits would be issued and it would be illegal to harvest a trumpeter swan. Hunters would still be required to check in any harvested swans at a DWR office. Trumpeter swans would be seized. So that was not the case before. So like bird hunters were uh, going out or not, bird collectors, like people who want every species on their wall were going out there to get that trumpeter. Sure. Yeah. And um, it says, continues reading. We have seen a higher number of trumpeter swans ha- harvested the last four years because there are more migrating through Utah in previous years. Yeah. Not because bird collectors are going there. Utah Division of Wildlife Resources, we are hopeful that this change will prevent hunting opportunities from being taken away. Um, anyways, that's that. Should we talk about Game Fair? Yeah, sure. I'm trying to find – yeah, you talk about Game Fair, I'm trying to find uh, – I'm trying to find it about uh, North Dakota where they spell it out. Okay. But. So Game Fair was a uh, raging success uh, weekend one. We had really good weather Friday and Saturday. And I do at Waterfallers Hill at the Randy Bart Seminar Tent every day at 11 a.m. I do a youth duck calling clinic, and I give away free a free Buck Gardner double nasty duck call to every kid that comes in. We talk a little bit about um, what kind of duck call that they're getting. We try to blow the tent over when I just let the kids go absolutely ape shit on the calls for about 60 straight seconds, which is awesome. Um, then we do, you know. A little bit about, you know, we learn how to do hold the call, put the call to our mouth, do quacks, do comebacks or quacks, feed or greeting calls, feed calls, learn how to use them in a hunting scenario. And then I send them off into the abyss with their like absolutely mortified parents. And <laughs> um, Friday I walked into the tent and there was literally like standing room only. And I was like, holy crap, are you? all here for the youth duck calling clinic and there's like 50 kids there like yeah i was like holy smokes <laughs> so um i had 70 duck calls before 
game fair began on Friday and I, uh, I ordered a hundred more and that are, those arrived last week. And then I, I gave out like 50 the first day, like at least 50. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I already know, like I don't have enough duck calls for all game fair. So I, um, that happened Saturday too. I walked into an absolutely packed tent and handed out like at least 50 duck calls. Like, Oh my God. I think they're advertising it or something like that. I, I know I hear like Laura Shara, you know, does the uh, like announcements for game fair, like at least at game fair. And I don't know if they're doing this like in newspaper articles or, or print ads or advertising it other where other where other places, but like, she does say over the PA system, like where every kid in attendance gets a free duck call and uh, whatever they're doing has made, there's just kids crawling all over that tent trying to get free duck calls. So I do, I did make another emergency order of another hundred calls from Buck Gardner so I can make it through next weekend. Sweet. That's awesome. Kicks ass, man. Kicks ass. I love that when uh, I let the kids go ape shit on the calls. You know, like one of the first things we do is like hand out the calls. Like that's what the kids are there for. They're like, you know, I just like, hey, I'm Nick Johnson and blah, 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 blah. Real quick. And I'm like, I know what y'all are here for. Let's get a duck call in your hands. And then I tell them, don't blow it until we're all going to blow it together. We're going to blow it as hard and loud as we can. So just hold on to it for now. And we will blow it. And so I hand out 50 calls and about 15 people start, 15 kids start blowing it instantly. Right. Even though I told them not to. Right. So, I mean, like, they, yeah. And, like, that's just what they want to do. So then I just let them loose. Like, hey, on the count of three, blow it as hard as we can. And uh, that is so funny. Just, to, like, when the when they sound off as hard as they can, blowing into that duck call, the looks on their parents' faces, like, even, like, casual, like, passersby, like, looking towards the tents, it's just awesome. That is very cool. Have you bought have you bought anything? I bought some mouse mix which is uh a guy has a booth there and it's just a mouse repellent like a you know a mint flavored potpourri that you can put in little, you know, satchels and put it around your shed and garage to keep mice away. For 30 bucks I said screw it, you know, like if it prevents one freaking mouse nest in a layout blind I mean, you can't put you can't put a price on mouse-free layouts. Yeah, there you go. True. You just can't. You True. just can't. Um. Uh. That and I and I bought one corn dog. So for three days, that's all I bought. <laughs> it's some mouse mix and one corn dog. That's fine. Um. But there's a lot of deals going on. The Pacific Calls, the Pacific Calls booth uh, has been hopping. We're selling uh, 120 duck, 120 dollar duck and goose calls. Um. We got a little bit more like uh, premier lines, like the no name duck calls, 150. Uh, actually, they had their new broken gut system running in a big board goose uh, line, and we had a few of those for sale. And then we had some signature series as well. We sold, dang near sold out of signature series. All we had left were red rockets in the 4.6 <laughs> after uh, weekend one. So we all, almost sold out completely of the signature series calls. Um, there's some cool booths around, I guess, you know, Dave Smith is back at the show. That's pretty sweet. Very cool. Uh, he was just on the meat eater podcast, I believe. Oh, was he? Yeah. I don't I think I finished listening to that one yet, but yeah. That was pretty, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he just doesn't like to do podcasts. <laughs> What's that? He said he doesn't like to do podcasts, which I thought was hilarious. He said that? Yeah. <laughs> because he has a funny. podcast. Oh, he himself <laughs> has one? Yeah, like the Basement Decoys podcast. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty yeah, I'm, I just looked it up. Unless it was tongue-in-cheek, you know. But... Oh, yeah, and maybe he just doesn't. like. Maybe he was uh, just doing it because somebody told him he had to. Freaking corporations. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome what's the what you can you, get what's a, the hot thing this year you know like the the one year we talked about earlier but like the one year the the new body styles of like big owls or whatever they were were like flying off the shelves is there anything that 
this year it's like the must-have thing that everybody's scrambling for? I've heard a couple people stop by and say they were at like the Bandit booth buying $20 snow covers. Dang. Uh, which is an unbelievable deal. Like, uh, I would definitely go check that out if you need snow covers. You need to be thinking about snow covers right now. Like, when it comes to layout blinds, like, you, literally, like, before the hunting season starts, one of the things you should do, pull out your snow cover. Make sure there's no net mouse nest in it. Um, run it through the washing machine. Get that sucker clean. If it's got holes in it or blood stains on it or anything or too much dirt, get that sucker replaced right now because, like, usually, like, you go and hit the interweb, like, the first day after, you know, wherever you live. Like, if you live down in, like, the Minneapolis area, you already had, like, Canadian people scrambling to buy snow covers and then North Dakota people scrambling to buy snow covers like by the time the snow gets to you a lot of years like they're actually like sold out or you're just paying absolutely full premium price for a snow cover when you're ordering them last minute you know yeah i don't have one buy me one i'll pay you back i'll venmo you i'll go down i'll wander down there and i will uh, i'll take a look because i have i i own are they like universal for the most part like I don't know. I don't know. Like I asked if they were for like finishers or some are kind of like universal-ish. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're talking about like, uh, you know, a full frame blind, basically, like are you running Tangle Free Flight Series, like Goosebuster XLs? You know, those blinds are similar, even like sport utility blinds. They have similar yeah. shapes and sizes, right? So there are some, uh, there are some, uh, and of course, bigger ones are going to work on smaller blinds, kind of, you know. Yeah, as long as not that, you know, you know, like you don't have what, what is it, the Power Hunter? Is that the one that goes over your face? Yeah, God, yeah. Those things. The Power Hunter is an awful blind. I just, I, I can't. I just, yeah, my muscle memory is not there for that. <laughs> and then you got to have a gun rest. Just the Power Hunter was, it was a miserable, miserable device to hunt in. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually was only, I think I may have only hunted out of one one time, and I'm pretty sure I bitched the entire time I was in it. You know, and wedges are kind of like a Power Hunter without a cockpit, right? The Power Hunter blind had that, like, face covering that would come down from behind you like a cockpit in a, like an F-16 fighter, right? Mm-hmm. And that mesh just totally screwed up your vision. And, uh, like, these days, I-, I would say the equivalent would be, like, sitting on, a like, a Lucky Duck chair. And, um, you know, with a ghillie blanket up to your tits. and Right. Sit- yeah. That's okay. It's an okay way to hunt. You feel a little exposed because you are. And some days it works, and some days it doesn't work, right? Well, that could be said for just about anything. Yeah, that's right. That's why I know. <laughs> Lucky Duck, uh, Lucky Duck is right next to us, and uh, they've got that new uh, ice eater that is uh, like fourteen hundred bucks, and it floats. So it's like an ice eater on a float, like strapped onto a flotation device, basically. Which one thing I kind of like about that, or I do like about that, is that. Um, when when you're using an ice eater, it's actually best to keep the water moving like from from like right underneath the surface and like parallel to the surface of the water. So you just wanted to see like little ripples on the surface. Like you actually didn't want to launch water right, like at a right, 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 45 right, right. Yeah, degree yeah, yeah. angle because you're actually losing a lot of the energy of the ice eater like into the air. So you want to keep it like just so you can see ripples on the top of the water. And um, <clears throat> I think this is this one, this thing they got going on with the flotation device is pretty darn neat. Obviously, you can use it in deeper scenarios. The only thing that I guess I am curious in the actual use of it is, man, I think it's a one horsepower motor that they have strapped to this thing. That is a powerful propeller and like yeah the uh like with the mallard view ice eater they got this like really cumbersome awkward and heavy 
like uh, steel cage structure, you know, like the legs for it and stuff and the frame, the steel, the steel tubing frame that they have strapped around the ice eater. But that actually kind of serves a purpose to like anchor that thing, because when you click it on, it's got some thrust, you know, like it wants to push. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so, I have very limited um, experience with and by very limited, I mean, I've never hunted over an ice eater. Right. I have very limited success hunting over ice eaters. Okay, that's kind of what I was getting to. Is like, what has you been your like? There's always there's always so much like potential excitement around it. Everybody talks about it like it's this magical thing, but I don't yeah, really see or hear people, you know, like yeah, we crushed him over the ice eater. It's almost like a last ditch effort thing. Like our season's almost fucked. Right. Let's throw ice eater and maybe we can squeak out two more birds before we call it quits. Right. I would consider it to be a tool best used for duck hunting. I would I would not consider it a tool um not considering a tool that you should highly that you should be that should be sought after for a goose hunter because a goose hunter can very easily just hunt on ice. Like right. you don't you don't need the ice eater. In fact, that seems to me like to make a goose hunt a lot more dangerous, expensive, complicated, unnecessary. You know. Yeah, and I have had some really good, like really good ice hunts. Yes, I had some good ice hunts. It now. It might be a good tool for the a goose or duck hunter if you are hunting a permanent location like year round and you just don't want to have a time when that permanent location is shut down because there's no water, you know? I was thinking more for like the goose the angle for the goose hunter to me, if you had geese using a particular body of water as a roost, you could keep it there just like to maybe extend how long they use it as a roost and then, you know, you don't actually hunt it. Like you're basically just using the ice eater as a roost maker you could i have found it's it just didn't attract birds to it that like like desperate birds searching for water because i guess if i'm trying to quantify it like here comes here comes the cold right everything starts locking up and freezing up birds don't desperately start searching out water they fucking migrate south you know, like right. from from Minnesota, like maybe it's a more of an important tool. Like if you're in the deep south where birds really are, I mean, they ain't going to Mexico, you know, like if you are right, if you're already in Texas and you've got a pond that, you know, is a permanent spot to hunt and you, you, you might have birds that are actually searching out for open water. But here's there's two scenarios like up here in the northern latitudes that I feel like happens with the birds. The first one is they migrate south. The cold comes, everything starts locking up, and they migrate south. The second scenario that plays out is the birds that do stick around, or maybe the birds that come in with the cold front, they already know where they're going. Like, they're not desperately searching for open water. They know that they're going to this historic open water source called the Mississippi River. You know? Right. It's not like, they're like, oh my god, where's open water? It's like, they're either like, fuck this. We're headed to Arkansas, or this is, you know, this is what we do every year, and we always are roosted up on this open water source called the river. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, fair. And and they're not like spending their day cruising around looking for open water sources. That's not to say that I haven't seen like day loafs and stuff. Like there was a uh, there's one ice ice eater that was not not maintained or operated by goose hunters or for the purpose of goose hunting. And I've seen geese pile into it. I mean, yeah, like municipal, you know, they have the aerators for just, you know, keeping the lake from winter killing or whatever. Um, the city ones. Yeah. They, those lakes usually do end up getting a pretty good roost built up in them, but they've also been there year in and year out. You know, it's not like it was frozen and suddenly somebody put an ice heater in it and now it's open, you know? Yeah, and the first year I had my ice eater, this must have been like 10 years ago. The first year I had my ice eater, I put it in this pond that was in a pretty metro location and uh, actually had one or two very good duck hunts over it. 
And then I used it in that same pond for like subsequent years, like the next couple, two, three years. And like, really didn't shoot shit. I mean, it, it, and not, not only did I not shoot shit, but it didn't like attract shit, you know, because you can see on snow covered ice footprints. Like, you know, when, when that we knew we were going to have a good duck hunt, that's because when we did have that good duck hunt, that's because we, there was like footprints and poop all over the ice around the ice hole, you know, around the hole we had made. And then in subsequent years, putting that ice eater in the exact same location did not have those results. And then I'm like, well, maybe we'll try different spots. And it just didn't seem to be a tool that justified the danger, cost, and hassle. And so I actually sold it. I sold my ice eater. I sold my generator for it. And it's like, I don't don't see the the massive cost benefit for that tool. But if if somebody were to want to try one, I'd be like, if you don't have, you know, a couple grand earmarked for other things you might need for hunting, like if you just, if you have everything that's already proven itself as good tools to use and you want to try this tool that's, can have hit or miss results there's it's a big cost to it to to getting it to using it you know best of luck it's fun to try yeah it's you're gonna get uh i feel like it'd be one of those hunts where like your 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 hopes are high like you're a lot of anticipation but you're probably gonna get let down but yeah i had one of these like five gallon spare tanks and the it would like the I had a Honda EU two thousand generator and it would run for like about thirty hours if I remember correct. So you no matter where it is, you're you're stopping out there and filling gas up in it once mm-hmm. a day. So you know that's how you know if like birds are actually finding it and using it because you're there every day sure. filling, filling up filling up the gas tank. And uh, yeah, like when there's not, you're like the fuck am i doing this for <laughs> <laughs> just do the poor man one and just throw the tarp down have you ever done that no allegedly i have the black or blue tarp is supposed to look like water to a bird from the sky allegedly yeah look you can traffic birds into a prairie if you really want to you know <laughs> i know we've I'm tried. Not, I'm, i know we've tried i'm i'm, I'm, I'm all about like trying out something weird and try, and shooting a bird over it but um as a person who just bought a giant tarp over at Walmart, uh, they're unwieldy and also expensive. And uh, I don't know. Dude, if you Google it, though, if you Google, like, this discussion that we're having, there are pictures of people who, like, built, like, a fucking pond-looking thing out of a tarp, like, complete with, like, vegetation around its edges and shit. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Well, and I think my mind something I guess I never really thought about before was like, what do you? How do you stake it down? Like, if there's any sort of real wind, that thing's gonna be flapping like wild. Right. I have no idea. Hmm. Just scout mm. better. <laughs> yeah. Just just find just find where the birds are already. You know, just it, you know what guide services aren't that expensive either. <laughs> if you well, really I mean, if you. If you can't find them, just get a day hunt around town, you know? Uh, or in Wisconsin. Yeah, with me. <laughs> Glad you picked up on that. I was trying to help out. Yeah, hell yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, man. How's the pigeon hunting been? Have you gone lately? Uh, yeah. Actually, it's been real good. Real, real good. Uh, I think I ran 10 pigeon hunts this summer. I had a 60-bird average dang and um let me see i put it in my notes here i had a 14.36 birds per hunter per hunt so the average person i hunted with on a hunt i set up shot 14.36 birds themselves that day that's pretty good and so on each and then on the each hunt as a group um no matter how many shooters were there there was um 60.66 birds per hunt so my high shoot was a 108 my low shoot was a 29 yesterday i went out by myself just to kind of almost like close the season down enjoy one last pigeon shoot i did a little solo hunt and i shot 39 pigeons with 55 rounds of ammunition and uh 
It's pretty cool. Well, That's that pretty cool. Answered my what was going to be a follow up question, like how many more uh, pigeon hunts do you plan on doing? So you're you're right. You're finished with that. Pretty much. Pretty much. I uh, have game fair coming up. I got game fair coming up, and then I got to prepare to get to uh, Saskatchewan. And it sounds like I'm going to drive to Kalamazoo, Michigan, to go uh, meet some new friends at Southern Oak Kennels. Uh, SOK North, Sock North is what they're called. So Southern Oak Kennels, and I, I'm getting a rental dog for uh, Canada this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. A rental so dog, uh-huh. That'll be a new experience for me to run a dog in the field. Um, I hope it's better than my client's dog. When, when is opening yeah, well, <laughs> When is opening day up there? Opening day in Saskatchewan will be September 1st. Oh, it is September 1st. Okay. Yep, for ducks right. and for geese. And we will be um, getting there on August 28th to get the blinds all stubbled up and get everybody gets scouting, you know, scout in the morning, work in the afternoon, scout in the evening. Um, clients will be coming in the night before, so August 31st. And then, yeah, getting their goings from September 1 all the way to November 1. It'll be like a time warp. Wow. Right, so you in Canada that whole time? Yeah. All of I'll be I'll be home. I think we're running all the way to October thirty first this year. Wow. Yeah, it'll be fun. Craziness. I had yeah, something else I was going to talk about too. Now I don't remember. You distracted me with pigeons. Sorry. Uh, well, what we had just talked about ice eaters. Oh, dude, I was going to talk about this guy that got busted. Um. He got busted. Um. For not tagging birds in California. Really? Yeah. So, what was this? Uh, hold on. California. I'm going to Google it. California hunter busted tag. Well, it can't be a recent. It is. It's from like last. Okay. He's handed a three-year hunting ban after violating international bird treaty. So, this was all over my... This was all over my... Um, Google alerts. And so there is this, there are stories in here from the Sacramento Bee, Yahoo News, the Department of Justice, and the Los Angeles Times. So these guys um, shot, it was a 10 man hunt, and they got, um, let me read you the Department of Justice one, because this seems to be like the most fair, but it doesn't give many details. It says Carlos Ortiz, 27 of Live Oak, pleaded guilty today to transportation and receipt of untagged migratory game birds and was subsequently sentenced by U.S. magistrates, blah, 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 for a three-year hunting ban, three years of probation, and a $1,000 fine. According to court documents, Ortiz helped organize and participate in a 10-person goose hunt near Sutter National Wildlife Refuge in Sutter County. During the hunt, Ortiz and others shot and killed 258 snow geese and white-fronted geese. Sounds like a fucking great hunt. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, snow geese and white-fronted geese are migratory game birds protected by the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. None of the birds were tagged as required by law. This case is a product of an investigation by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. U.S. Assistant, Assistant U.S. Attorney Justin Lee prosecuted the case. So it doesn't it doesn't say, like, were they not tagged, like, during the pile picture? Or did they put all 258 birds into one truck, like... Just throw them in this truck. We'll drive them over to, uh, you know, Billy Bob's house and we'll clean them all there. Right. Which is super fucking illegal. You cannot do that. And uh, I just wanted to know, like, what the details were on this case. Um, but um, if you read the Los Angeles Times story on it. <laughs> OK, this is the headline. Oh fuck! Are they gonna? Is this gonna be a paywall? They might paywall. No, <laughs> no, no, bastards! No, this is the headline at the Los Angeles Times. So we just read the one from the Department of Justice. Uh, the actual feds who wrote the story on it, you know, says clearly that they were um, transportation and without receipt, without tagging or whatever. I just read. This is the headline from the L.A. Times: Two hundred and fifty-eight protected geese killed. Oh, of course, man yeah. <laughs> man behind the hunt is fined has to stop hunting temporarily. The hunters stand holding their guns in front of their kill by the hundreds. 
The photos from the U.S. Attorney's Office shows the animals lined up, carcass after carcass, some with wings protruding. The 258 snow geese and white-fronted geese were protected birds, officials say. Now the Northern California man who organized and participate in the 2018 goose hunt. Oh, wow. I did not know until now reading this that it was from five years ago. Has been sentenced. His penalties, a $1,000 fine and a three-year hunting ban. Carlos Ortiz and nine other hunters shot and killed the geese near... California's Southern National Wildlife Refuge. Snow geese and white-fronted geese are protected under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act of 1918, an international treaty that prohibits the killing, capture, sale, or transportation of protected migratory bird species without prior authorization from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. If a hunter does receive a permit, the birds must have a tag attached that is signed by the hunter, has the hunter's address, total number and species of birds, and the date the birds were killed. If the birds are left somewhere other than the hunter's home or at other exemptions. None of the 258 birds were tagged. So now, finally, like three little paragraphs in, it kind of like makes it sound like, oh, they were tagged. But the whole like first part of the article just makes it sound like, hey, these 10 dudes went out near this National Wildlife Refuge and just mopped to these protected birds. You got to get them riled up, man. Media 101. <laughs> 258 protected geese killed. Killed. Like, Mur- I'm surprised they didn't say murdered. They didn't say, yeah. and, and they didn't say innocent protected geese. You got to always with throw their, that innocent thing in there. With their wings protruding. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Oh like, what God. the fuck? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I just thought it was kind of crazy, this story on on, uh, the interweb, like where you have the Department of Justice just kind of writing a short story with not very much details about that, you know, what what exactly did they get pinched for for the tagging? So then I'm getting all curious and I start going through all these other stories that are popping up and I find like they basically just make it sound like these guys just went out and massacred like a bunch of like freaking loons. You know, it's just like, you know, just like a protected bird, like yeah, like to somebody who doesn't know that. Oh, that's what they're making it out. Like I, I follow. I'll yeah, follow. yeah, they're kind of like making it out. Like these guys just went out and whacked a whole bunch of like right, legally right, right. protected yeah. animals, and they didn't have hunting licenses and stuff. Like, yeah, all birds are protected under the 1918 Migratory yeah, well, Bird you, Treaty Act. You could say that literally about anything. You could make your story could be oh. um Minnesota deer or Minnesota hunters killed 500,000 protected mammals in the state of Minnesota because the white-tailed deer is technically protected. It's managed. There are laws protecting it. Seasons. Yeah, I can't. Structure. I can't uh-huh. like. I, I can't go just shoot one with a bow and arrow in city limits. Yeah, whenever you feel like it. No, they are. Protect, yeah, they are in, protected. In so you June. you could yeah. you could have that headline and it would be true. <laughs> right, <And> exactly. Salacious. <laughs> Stupid. They're so dumb. Dude, uh, well, if anybody uh, li- is, is listening to this, you guys got to come out and see me at Game Fair. Uh, uh, bring your kids out. Bring your kids out to uh, the Youth Calling Clinic. We got we got a fresh restock of calls. Uh, there's going to be more six series in the Pacific Calls booth. Swing by. We'll talk about um, Goose Calling, the Goose Tech app, all that stuff. Um, should we wrap her up? Yeah, shit, that's as good a place as any. Brought to you by the Game Fair. <laughs> the Game Fair, yeah. Come on out. Get to Game Fair. Are you getting out to Game Fair? I don't think I want to make it. Nope. I don't think you I'm making it this year. Son of a bitch. No. Here we are telling people to go to Game Fair. You don't practice what you preach, son. Oh, I would love to go. I just I don't think it's in the cards for me this year. Well, well I live in damn near Canada. It's a little difficult. Well, it's not. I, hear I just you. have other. I just have other things going on. Dude, just, just I would totally go down there, but just I have other should things we, going on. Should we extend this podcast a little bit because there is one thing that we have not talked about? Okay. And it's good. It's it's a good place to talk about it. Buried at the end of an episode, possibly when people have already turned off the uh, episode because they heard me doing like the uh, little advertisements oh, there. No, they, they wait. They wait with bated breath for every last word that we something say. Something we could. Something we could talk about that we had never had before. And fishing. That is. Oh, you went fishing, didn't you? Yeah, I went fishing. And how was that? 
It's so fucking boring, Dale. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. What's wrong with you? First dude, of all, it, you went to Lake of the Woods and you went walleye fishing and you trolled. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah that, is that, not that, a, is, that is not an accurate assessment of fishing. Because I agree with dude, you. That sounds terrible. I, it was it was a good time to hang out with my brother and my dad. And, and, and the actual act of reeling in a fish was kind of fun. And I kind of like the smell of them. <laughs> That's random. Like when, <laughs> like when, like when we would throw them in the cooler. But sure. in ge- that cooler smelled like the, the walleye smell. I was kind of like, kind of like that smell. Uh, ho- however, it's it was a brutal sport, dude. It was like as a guy who just snaps pigeon necks all day. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is kind of fucked up, dude. Like. You pull out this night crawler and like we put like two or three hooks through this poor little bitch and then drown his ass. I was like, it's fucked up, man, to do that to the night crawler. Like, I don't know. It was weird. And then like we pulled this fish up and it was too big. It was like a huge walleye. Like it was too big to keep. I don't know how big it was. Like there's limits. Yeah, slot there's, limits there's or slots. something, right? Yeah, correct, correct. So this was like the biggest fish we caught. So we took some like pictures with him with my dad. Like then we threw him back in the water, and he just sat there like for like a good hundred seconds, just floating on the top of the water because we were just suffocating the fuck out of him, like taking pictures <laughs> of him. And I was like, man, this is like this is kind of fucked up, man. Like I think like it's more fucked up than hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like, so we uh, we get in this boat pretty cool boat and we got this guide uh named foxy and he's he's good at fishing he knows what he's doing i'm trusting this dude and uh he starts driving out we're driving on this ocean you know it's lake of the woods we're on this ocean lake giant yeah we're just on this ocean and it's like rough like that boat's like slamming waves like kaboom and then like we're on the boat for about 45 minutes just crushing waves i'm starting to feel not good and we're like, how much further? And the dude's like, we're like halfway there. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so it was, you know, a full tilt boat ride for like an hour and 25 minutes each way from the resort to the oh, walleye and back to the resort. And like, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some good scenery. You know, I'm going all the way up to northern Minnesota. I've only been there like once or twice. I'm going to see some cool scenery. Nope. No cool scenery. No, there's nothing to see on the woods. <laughs> no, just a <laughs> lots big of fucking water. ocean. Yeah, lots of water. That's what you'll see. I was see. drinking like, dude, I drank like 15 alcoholic beverages every day. <laughs> I felt yeah, like sick. That's, that's not my style of fishing. So Okay, so I didn't, should I, should I not write off fishing? I mean... I could always I'm, take you out bass fishing sometime and see if, you li- see if you like that. <laughs> I'm good. It's mu- no, there's no hour-long boat rides. Uh, I do not yeah. troll, so it's you're doing something every like in inter- every cast interaction thing. You're you know no impaling of worms. I use artificial baits, so you can your conscience is clear there. Dude, then you just take the fish and like throw it in a. Once you get, you get one that you keep, you just throw it in a cooler full of ice and it just suffocates in there i'm like snap that fucker's neck yeah well generally with bass people <laughs> don't keep bass uh, a lot of people well some people do but most people that fish for bass don't keep them so it's just yeah so you're just torturing torturing the fucking fish for fun i don't know that's fucked up too dale yeah whatever it's a fish and <laughs> it's like that's what this is what they do all day every day they fight with like crayfish and other fish like everything they eat has pokey things on it like a hook you know it's like it's not like getting a sharp thing in their lip is like not their literal every day and no they definitely seem to just take it in stride no dale they fucking fight back and they hate what you're doing to them they love it they actually enjoy it they've told me (laughs) oh my god i don't know from i just didn't expect my like me to have like feel bad for a fucking earthworm but i kind of did and the fish itself like Cause like as a hunter, I'm just, you know, like everything is about the quick, clean, efficient killing of a bird. Like if a, like for a bird hunter, like if a bird, we do a volley and one stands up, it's just 
get that thing's neck snapped as fast as I could. You know, you can. And I feel like, I don't know, that just, we were just out there torturing the fuck out of a bunch of walleyes and earthworms. <laughs> some, some walleye guys do, like, um, bleed them, like, kill them, bleed them right away. But it's, oh, that's personal, interesting. it's personal preference. But, yeah, I don't know. They taste all right. Yeah, but they, that's, yeah, they taste all right. That's a perfect, perfect adjective for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's worse things. I mean, well, everybody's yeah. just like, oh, they're so good. They're not so good. They just, they're actually pretty bland. And depending on how you cook them and what seasoning you use, then yeah, they taste good. But it's not yeah, like a bunch of grease and salt. Yeah. Just pour a bunch of grease and salt yeah, on them. Exactly. They're not bad. It's like, anyways, that's my assessments of fishing. It was a good time to, uh, our guide was good, you know, like put us on, knew where the fish were. And see, good. Um, our guide was good. Uh, we had a good time hanging out as a family, my dad and my brother, and that was, that was cool. But I wouldn't recommend it. One, one out of ten, do not <laughs> recommend. <laughs> like, if somebody's like, dude, I got all this money for a vacation. You think I should go to the Lake of the Woods and go fishing for walleyes? I'd be like, uh, no. Yeah. I'd no, give, no, no, I, no, no, no. I would honestly give the same recommendation That's because that's not my style. And but Dude, like, it seems like it's a popular thing to do like uh oh, it we is went out popular this, like that big ass boat we were on seems to be kind of like the standard uh tools that the guides are using to take anywhere from like four to six uh, groups of like four to six out fishing right yep and there must have been like in i don't know uh well now i was there on a saturday and a sunday but like in the area that we were fishing i counted like 75 boats like within eyesight of us damn so there's 75 groups of four to six people and they got these absolute palaces up there like for lodging and stuff for, for some of the other lodges and uh i mean it's a big 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 industry and there's a lot of motherfuckers that seem to enjoy going up there and catching walleyes a lot of people like it it's just not me it's not, it's yeah, i not, guess just, i guess we're in this it's not my deal we're in the same boat on that one, if you will. But up, bump. All right, buddy. Well, let's wrap it up. All right, there it is. It's wrapped up. Brought to you by the Nick J Signature Series Red Rocket. <laughs> Put it in your mouth. You'll love it. Um, what else? It's Goose Tech That's app. It. Goose uh, Tech app. Come see me at Pacific Outfitters. Coast. Booth. See Bob. Go see Bob. Yeah. Hey, at, has anybody? Fair. Has anybody? Have you talked to Bob? Has anybody? Yeah. Mentioned the yep. podcast to him yet? <laughs> Yep, he texted me. What podcast? Hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, might even have. Standing. Yep. So, all right, man. I'll chat with you later. All right, buddy. Bye.